Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. <laughs> I'm just going to go right into it. What's up? It's Danny J. And it's Jill Coleman. All right, y'all. Uh, I want to talk about a concept that I came across last week and I was really interested in. It was actually a article in, it wasn't the New York Times. I think it was Bustle or one of these like little fun, like more trendy sort of publications. Um, but I thought this was interesting and I don't know if you've ever heard this term before, but it's called sleep divorce. So it's, it's funny because as it reminded me of quiet quitting where like yeah. you still stay in a relationship, but it's called sleep divorce. And this recent study found that up to one in four couples sleep separately. And the entire article interviewed like several sort of sex and relationship therapists. And the idea was that sleep divorce when, and there's kind of like, there's like a good version and a bad version, but it can actually benefit the relationship if there are reasons why maybe sleeping in the same bed can, you know, disrupt sleep and things like that. So, I mean, to me, it's just a rebrand of like separate bedrooms, right? (laughs) Everyone's like, oh yeah. Like people's parents live in separate bedrooms, or we've kind of heard that for like growing up. Oh, my parents have slept in separate bedrooms for many years. And I think I've always had a negative connotation with it. I'm like, oh, it's like, you know, one more step towards a real divorce or like, Mm -hmm. oh, like they don't, they must not, you know, have any sex or like, I don't know. I had made all these assumptions, which may or may not be true. Um, But I wanted to get your take on this. Basically the article was saying that if someone, especially if you have like sleep apnea, which I know you just sort of have talked about getting diagnosed with that um, sleep apnea, or if someone has to get up really early or someone has to go or someone works a night shift or something like that, it can really disrupt your sleep. And obviously sleep is something that a lot of us could do better with. Um, And I thought this was interesting and I'm, I'm curious in your take, and I have a take on it and a personal take on this, but I'm interested in sort of how Mm. you see it. So interesting when you when you asked right before we started, I was like, sleep divorce. Is that when somebody just like thinks they get divorced and they sleep and they wake up and they're like, shit, my partner's still next to me. (laughs) You have this whole relationship while you're asleep. It's interesting to me because my first thought was what you said is, you know, the parents or grandparents sleeping in separate bedrooms. And, and I'm actually curious as to the historical, if there's any history of when people started sleeping in same beds, or if that's always been a thing. And then like in the fifties, people separated. So maybe this is a newer concept. I know there's like so many, there's a lot of history about marriage, right? So years and years and years ago, people didn't get married because they were in love. They might've gotten married because they were sharing uh, resources Resources. or yeah, the parents were like giving land in exchange for their daughter or whatever. Like there's so many, so many historical things. So my first thought is, "Hmm, this is interesting. I wonder if we're sleeping in the same beds hasn't always been a thing. Mm. So maybe it's, maybe it's not that strange. It's just something we're used to because it's culturally what we do. Um, and I thought I like snuggling before I go to bed, but then I also like after a couple of minutes, I'm like, okay, get away. I'm hot. So is this a thing? And yes, I just was, I took a sleep study, um, recently found out I had sleep apnea and Jeff has been telling me more recently that I've been snoring and he doesn't think I've been snoring for a long time, but this has been going on a couple months, 
my mom was a really, really bad snorer. And my grandfather was such a bad snorer. I could hear him down the hallway when I lived at his house when I was like eight years old. So if someone's a light sleeper and I'm not, but if someone's a light sleeper and you're sleeping next to a snore and you're getting really bad sleep, I could see how that would be so frustrating that sleeping in separate rooms might really benefit you. And especially if the person who's snoring does it now, they're like, they're out and you're like, you're ruining my life and my sleep. So I can see some benefits. And I think if you can have a conversation in the relationship where you don't make it about is something wrong with us? Cause I feel like that's where my mind first goes. Oh, if you, if my partner was suddenly like, I sorry, babe, your snoring is terrible. Your apnea is the worst. I'm going to sleep in another room. I would feel personally sad. That Same. would make me feel shitty. Um, but that's because I would be the one with the quote pro with the problem causing the problem. But if the shoe was on the other foot and I'm next to a partner who's thrashing or, you know, being really loud and I'm not getting my sleep and I really like my sleep, I could see that other side of like, no, it's not about you. I just need to get some sleep. I'm going to go in the other bedroom. So I can see both sides. I think it comes down to like having a conversation and maybe finding other ways to connect that maybe aren't about snuggling or you, you know, you snuggle for your 10, 15 minutes and you're like, okay, babe, now I'm going to go in the other room and, and have my, you know, nap. I don't know. There's got to be a way to work, to work it so that you don't feel like, Hey, are we, is something wrong with us? Are we okay? Or like, why are we sleeping in separate rooms? And that is also got to be a weird conversation to have with friends. If it gets brought up. Cause I, I, how to be honest, if I was hanging out with a couple and they said, we sleep in separate rooms, I would kind of be like afterwards going, wow. So what's going on with Sarah and, and Jeremy? Like they're not sleeping in the same room. That's kind of weird. You know, I feel like I have these, these thoughts even though I can understand the situation, I just feel like you, you wonder what else is going on if you're sleeping mm -hmm. in separate rooms. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's like, that was my initial, I definitely was, I definitely judged it when I heard it. Right. Cause yeah. I was like, oh, like uh devil trouble in paradise. So you mm -hmm. just would think that, and you know, historically we've always thought about, you know, maybe older people. I think it's really common, especially like with older adults, you know, it's just like they have d different sleep patterns or different, you know, sleep times that they go to bed. And so you hit the, basically you hit the nail on the head when you said, and this article basically said what you said, which is you need to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. It needs to be a like, okay, yes. Are we doing this? And what does it mean for our relationship? That was basically the crux of the, the argument, which is like, yes, this can be really healthy and it can actually be beneficial for the relationship as a whole. Um, I know like sometimes like every once in a while, um, I don't know. I like to steal the covers and Keith's like to sleep more in the middle of the room in the bed. And like, sometimes if you have a bad sleep, you don't like, you almost kind of want to blame your partner, even though, you know, like intellectually it's not their fault. You know what I mean? Where I was like, like, he's like, well, you, you know, you were still in the covers. And I was like, well, first of all, I didn't know I was cause I was unconscious. And, <laughs> right. and, and you, by the way, were in the middle of bed. So like, but, but this, at the end of the day, it's like, you're sleeping. Right. And so, yeah, I could definitely see where if you have constant, and I think this happens all with parents, especially parents who have a kid who comes into the, like I have, mm -hmm. I have some friends who have like, you know, a four-year-old or a five-year-old and they just, or a two-year-old always wants to come in the bed. And so sometimes my friend will literally, the baby comes in the, the kid comes into the bed and then they go to the kid's bed for the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, that's the only way I'm going to get some sleep. And so I think that we should maybe start normalizing some of these things. So long as I think you also, like when you said, we have to figure out other ways to create intimacy. Because for me, 
I love going to bed at the same time as my partner. Like that's really important to me. And that's something that we always, you know, we always do together now, again, every once in a while, like it doesn't happen of course, but with our schedules, but he works in a 24 hour shift. So he's gone half of the week anyway. So when he is home, it's important to me that we go to bed at the same time. And that's like one of our like intimacy, like ways that we connect. And so if he was like, oh yeah, I don't, I can't do this anymore or whatever. Like I, I would be, you know, hurt because I'm like, let's, then we need to figure out something else that we're going to do in our relationship to feel close. Um, but I agree with you. Like sometimes you snuggle for like 10, 15 minutes. Sometimes you fall asleep that way, but other times it's like, okay, I'm hot now or, all right, let's get into sleeping position. Like I'm not going to sleep this way. You know, I think you can do things like have a larger bed for sure. So doing things like if you have a, you know, move to a king size bed, if you can give each other like plenty of space to move around. We also have a Tempur-Pedic, which I love because I actually can't even feel him really moving. Like I can feel the sheets ruffling, but I actually can't, the mattress doesn't move. So if he's moving on his side of the mattress, I can't feel it, which I kind of like, you know? And so then I don't feel self-conscious. I'm keeping him up if I'm tossing and turning. So I think there are probably things you can do, but the snoring man, Mm. is really tough, you know? And so I think it's okay to tell your partner like, Hey, do you mind turning over if they snore up and they're on their back? You know, like it's, it's all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, yeah, I could see why if you're continuing to not get good sleep, you're probably going to resent your partner more for that than you would if you just were like, you know what, let's sleep in separate bedrooms, but let's have a conversation about what we can do to feel connected the rest of the time if we're not, you know? So I think it is So it's funny that this article like kind of shed a positive light on this sleep divorce or uh, having separate bedrooms, but also, you know, having the conversation of what does this mean for our relationship? And it doesn't have to mean that we're headed towards a real divorce. It can just mean, hey, this is a logistical solution, but let's find other ways to feel close. Hey besties, this episode is brought to you by Blinkist. Now y'all, I have been a longtime off and on user of Blinkist. Blinkist is kind of how I describe it as the cliff notes of Audible. Do y'all remember cliff notes back in the day, those little yellow books you would get so you didn't have to read your whole book for your book report? So this is like that. Blinks are basically little 15-minute snippets, 10 to 15-minute snippets of full books. Um, There's even podcast snippets as well. And they have over 5,500 titles, nonfiction titles. So if you're trying to learn some things quick, just grab some nuggets. Or maybe you're curious if you want to even invest in listening to an entire book or reading an entire book. You can just listen to these short blinks. Super fun. Take them on a walk with you. Quick run. I really love these things. And because they're sponsoring the podcast, they're hooking you up. Right now, they actually have a special offer just for our audience. If you go to Blinkist.com slash The Best Life, you can start a seven-day free trial and get 25% off a Blinkist premium membership. So that's Blinkist. It's spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash The Best Life to get 25% off and a seven-day free trial. And for a limited time, you can even use Blinkist Connect to share your premium account. So you'll get two premium subscriptions for the price of one. Yeah, I like I like that you have to talk about it because I think it can be very it can be sensitive. As strange totally. as that kind of sounds as I'm saying it, but it makes sense. I feel like there's such a closeness there and there can be and I like your, you know, solutions first. Like let's try these things. Snoring is really tricky. So, I know you had told me about mouth taping a long time ago and I was like 
hell no, I'm not going to take my mouth shut. That sounds terrifying. Scary. I have, a, I have a hard time breathing through one of my nostrils and I'm like, there's no way I would freak out and I would panic and feel like I'm in a coffin or claustrophobic. And then I was just diagnosed with sleep apnea. I've been waiting on this CPAP machine, which I don't know when it's coming. And I did, I went in for a sleep study to test, um, the, settings on it or like get fitted for it. And it hurt my nose pretty bad. So I figured while I'm waiting on this, um, machine to come, I will do some mouth taping. So I got some of this mouth tape and it's not, it's not as bad as I thought. It doesn't cover your whole mouth. Like I was picturing like a giant duct tape. I can actually, <laughs> I can actually still yawn with it on, like kind of just open the cracks of my mouth. I could still get some air through my mouth. So it's not so terrifying. And Luckily, because of the mouth taping, it's also been helping with the snoring. But I was thinking about this. Let's say Jeff snored. One of the things on the box of mouth tape is you can't put it on your face with a beard because it, it has to attach to your skin. So let's say you're married to someone with facial hair and they're the one who's snoring and they can't, maybe they can't get a machine or they don't have apnea or I don't know, those machines are expensive and they can't do mouth tape. Maybe it is better that they sleep in a separate room, but it is, I like what you said too. You said the resentment might get even bigger if you weren't sleeping, if you were sleeping in the same room. So it actually can make the relationship better, even though it quote sounds worse. Like we're sleeping in separate rooms. It's taboo, like, right? Yeah. It sounds like you're having a bad relationship, but sleeping in separate rooms might actually be saving the relationship and making you feel closer. You get up in the morning and you're like, baby, so good to see you. Like, right. how did you sleep last night? You know, I feel like when you have a really good night's sleep, you feel happy in the morning, you're more loving and like you said, you resent your partner or people. Even when we got Beasley and she was a baby puppy, we were waking up a couple times during the night to take her out to the bathroom before she had any accidents. And there were times I was getting resentful because I would hear her and I was like, I'm not going to move. I'm going to wait till he hears her and he wakes up. And then finally, like he wasn't moving. I was like, fuck, I got to get up and take care of her. And I was getting resentful because I was quote having to get up. So I can see the resentment if you're the one not getting in the sleep and the other person's completely oblivious and it's not their fault that they're oblivious. They're out, they're unconscious, but I can see how the resentment would build up and lead into more problems in the relationship. You can find yourself snapping at them later. You can find yourself doing all kinds of harm with your words or how you're behaving and realizing it because you're just pissed that you're not getting any sleep. Totally. And it could just literally be on a physiological level. You're like, shit, I should be getting eight hours sleep and I'm getting like four, you Mm -hmm. know, and then like, it definitely makes you more impatient, less, you know, more irritable, like all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it it really was an interesting article for me to be like, okay, yeah, I do have some judgment around this Mm -hmm. and I don't know that. And here's the deal is I think a lot of people who end up having to maybe sleep in separate bedrooms probably wish they didn't have to, you know, I think like at the end of the day, most of us probably enjoy feeling close physically to our partner. So I'm sure it's not because they want to necessarily, it's probably most likely because they have to, because of some of this stuff. So yeah, I I wanted to bring that up and I realized that I did have some judgments around. I think it's just really taboo to, you know, hear, oh, they're in separate bedrooms. It's like, oh my God, there are definitely something's happening. When at the end of the day, if you think about it logistically, you're like, okay, actually that makes, that could actually make complete sense for someone to do that. And so, you know, it's funny what you just said about Beasley too. I'm sure parents go through that with newborns, you know, and it's like, and also the moms who have the tits, who have the, they're the ones you can only the ones that can, you know, really feed the baby. So it's like, I could definitely see how resentment builds. And at the end of the day, like, these are the conversations you need to have with your partner, you know, and I know we always talk about having conversations and it's a lot easier said than done, but these are the sort of things you need to say, the hard conversations. I would literally say to my partner, like, Hey, 
you know, I'm thinking about this and, but also I'm scared that this is going to make us put a rift between us, or I'm scared that this, we're going to make this mean more than it really is, or, you know, let's figure out other ways that we can feel. So maybe I do, we do start in the same bed and we do sort of like cuddle for a time and then someone gets up and leaves and like, is that okay? You know? And so I'd be interested if you're listening to this podcast and you are someone who like sleeps in separate bedrooms from your spouse or your partner, and if it works, and, you know, you've kind of just come to an agreement that this is going to be the best, you know, scenario for us and how you found it. Has it been better? Have you been missing that like cuddle time? Have you been missing, you know, I mean, we used to do a lot more when we first started dating, but like, you know, wake up, have like early morning sex or something like that too. So you're not as available for intimacy either. Cause, and I know, and there are a lot of stuff around sleep hygiene and there's a lot of relationship experts who say, hey, you should really only use your bed for sex and for sleep. Like no TV, no eating, no like, you know, hanging out in your, no, like bringing your computer into your bed and stuff like that. And, you know, I think everyone has their own take on it, but I'd be interested in hearing if you're listening to this and you have successfully done this, has it been beneficial for your relationship? And what was the cause? What was the initial sort of reason why and how do you still feel close to your partner if you're not sleeping next to them? Yeah, I I actually, I don't know how I forgot this, but while we were living with my mom, Jeff and I were in separate bedrooms for seven months. So- Because they made thinking, you, right? I mean, they're yes, in a religion. They're the religion they, because we weren't married. Um, and the intimacy, actually, we made it more fun. So I'm, I'd be curious as, as if this is a thing for someone, if they found ways, because we would sneak, I would like text him to sneak over to my room and we'd hook up and then he'd leave. And it was kind of like this fun little like illicit game. Now we couldn't do the morning thing because people might be up. So it would always have to be the middle of the night. But I guess there is also this assumption that the bed is for sex. And so if we're going to bed, then sex is happening, but we know that's not the case. We right. know there's, we have sex in the middle of the day. Sometimes we can have sex in the morning sometimes or whatever. So does it even, I'm curious to know if it impacts your sex life negatively or positively, because potentially mm -hmm. it could actually maybe spice it up. So very, very curious yep. if anyone's willing to share, um, if you're willing to share publicly and have the conversation and the Facebook group, please do. If you just want to share DMs privately, we would love that too. Cause we like this juicy conversation and we really want to know how much sex you're having. Uh <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. We really, we really do. Yep. We should we put like know. an anonymous survey to our listeners. Yeah. You know what? Actually, how much sex everyone's really having. You can post anonymously now in Facebook groups. So you can actually oh. post as anonymous so nobody knows that it's from you. So wow. there is a new thing. I've seen it in some groups. Well, that would be interesting. Yeah. Would you guys want to know how much we sex people just, are really having? We should just have a confessional. Everyone post anonymously confessions, whatever you want to confess, unless it's like Jeffrey Dahmer and you murdered a bunch of people. Don't confess. Yeah, no, don't tell us because then we're on the hook yeah. to, to report you. Yeah, we have to report everyone in the group. So you're all on FBI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Well, I hope this conversation was interesting. Love that you found this article and uh, it definitely made me think a little bit more and uh, kind of challenge my own judgments and assumptions. Yep. So really love it and love to hear what y'all think. And if you go to thebestlifepodcast.com, we have all our episodes. You can find the link to join the Facebook group. And if you haven't yet, please leave us a review. We haven't gotten any in a while. Would love to see them just because we like to read about ourselves.
that's the truth. And we just really want to know how great this, these episodes are. Uh, only five stars though. Okay. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here for your time and attention. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.